pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everybody, and thank you for hanging out with us today. Just a quick reminder before we get started, if you want to find out about all the latest news and updates, and even have each episode in your mailbox as soon as they're released, just go to theconstitutioncommandos.org and sign in. My name is Chris, calling my brother Patrick right now, and you're listening to The Constitution Commandos. generation needs to quit tampering with the definitions of words you know i mean i just want to tell them to go stand in the corner be quiet and let the adults have the conversation because right. it's, it's no different than a child trying to dictate to mom and dad what's going to happen in the house it don't work that way you, you don't know anything right you know you go over there and be quiet be seen and not heard yeah yeah on the fairness and equality thing, I mean, that's, man, that is plastered all over our Constitution. You know, it's even in the Declaration of Independence. I mean, all you got to do is read the Declaration of Independence, and you'll see exactly what we're dealing with right now is what we fought against 247 years ago. And, yeah. you know, like we talked about before, I mean, you know, settlers didn't land here in 1600 and something. They, they've been here since like what was it? Early, late fourteen hundreds, early fifteen hundreds. So, or at least one hundred fifty, two hundred years before we became a nation. Yeah. But the thirteen colonies—they weren't even—they weren't even United States at the time. They were just thirteen English colonies. Yeah. You know, all thirteen colonies had enough of a problem. It was time to start. It was time to make a change. You know. And that's what we're faced now. But now it's people inside the country that are, you know, causing the problem. I see. That's another thing I don't quite get. I, I'm not trying to be the asshole here or nothing, but if you hate this country so much, find another one. Yeah, find another one. But you're trying to change the basic fabric of our country. Don't you don't do that. Right. There are many countries out there that will cater and provide to you the type of government that you're wanting to impose here. You know, they, yeah. they already exist in other parts of the world. Go there. Well, I hear Afghanistan's got their doors open. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, you look at Russia and you look at, look at uh, Germany, you look at China, you look at these countries, they started out not as they are now, you know, Russia was only a Soviet socialist Republic for about 60 years before the socialism collapsed. And then you got, you know, Germany, believe it or not, was a free nation before Hitler. Yeah. And Hitler was just a pawn of the club of Rome and the committee of 300 and the British India group. These countries have been changed by outside sources, which is exactly yep. what's happening to us. 
I'd like to say people don't see it because I didn't see it. I didn't see exactly what was going on, even though I thought a lot of stuff that was going on was stupid and out of place. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand where it was coming from. Just like growing up in our family, you know, I mean, that's the way it was at home. We didn't know what the heck was going on. Who was the origin of the problem? You know, we didn't know. And the whole time we're living with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it bothers me more than anything when I hear somebody say, you know, let's not even talk about it. It's no big deal. I don't like, I don't understand it anyway. So let's just not talk. What do you mean? Let's see, that's the problem. You're ignoring the fact that your house is being pillaged and you don't care. Well, in the back of their mind, it won't ever collapse and this and the other, which is just absolutely ludicrous. Well, beyond ludicrous. You know, um, I watched a documentary this week on the people who were, I guess I should say, the uh, perpetrators in four presidents' assassinations. And actually, only two of them had motive and, you know, were actually found out that they were involved in the plot to kill a president. And the rest of it is shrouded in mystery. You know, the, yeah. uh, the deal with, um, you know, Ronald Reagan's attempted assassination. You know, that guy, what was his name? Um, Sirhan Sirhan was the one that shot Bobby Kennedy. And there's actually reports now that Sirhan Sirhan wasn't even close enough to kill Kennedy. Did you know that? Yeah, I think I've heard some stuff about that, but I haven't ever really looked into it. That actually came from the testimony of one of, of the, um, I, I guess, the Secret Service that was protecting Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy. But uh, he said Sirhan Sirhan was about a foot and a half away from Kennedy, but the shot was within an inch of Kennedy. That's a, that's a great deal of distance when you're talking about prosecuting somebody. You know? Yeah. And Sirhan Sirhan was also part of the test subjects that were under the uh, the uh, MK Ultra testing. So he yeah. was, he was programmed for that. But as the reports are given now, Sirhan Sirhan couldn't have been the one to have killed him because he was too far away, which makes me believe that it was probably one of Bobby Kennedy's bodyguards that did the job because Sir Hand Sir Hand was failing on his, you know. Yeah. And you know, I've said for a long time, at least 25 years, that it was the mafia and the CIA that orchestrated John Kennedy's assassination, and everybody kept defaulted to this. What report was it? Um, the Warren Commission. If you read the Warren Commission, if you have half a working brain cell, that Warren Commission, you can identify as BS from the beginning. None of it makes any sense if you look at all the evidence that was presented. And then all the other evidence that came out later leans way away from the Warren Commission report. But, you know, McKinley 
let's say it was McKinley and Garfield were the two presidents that were assassinated, that people did not want alive. Now, what these presidents all had in common was money. It all ties back to the money. None of these presidents wanted the central bank to be involved in our financial system. Yeah. So they were all assassinated. And, you know, as much as I loved Reagan, as it turns out, his own VP was part of the problem. And I didn't realize it until I had read the Committee of 300 thing that, uh, that Reagan didn't even pick his cabinet. I think he's the only president in history that didn't pick his own cabinet. Got to keep the elite, Sarah, man. Got to keep the certain people in certain places if you want ultimate power. Well, that's right. But, you know, when I started reading that, that uh, conspiracy hierarchy, I'm thinking, how is it a small group of wealthy people? Now, I understand they're wealthy. Everything's got a price. Most people have a price. But how does this small group of wealthy elite manage to control so much? I guess it's easy when you're somebody like J.P. Morgan or John D. Rockefeller. And, you know, and really, you know, they, uh, they kind of hit the nail on the head when they decided they wanted to take control and turn the drug trade into their major profession. Yeah. Because that's essentially what has taken down every single country that has fallen to these people. Oh, yeah, because it destroys the fabric of the nuclear family. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and and then it, it becomes it, a civil disaster. Yeah. You know, Bob had said something to me one time. I didn't really like too much of what Bob said because I just didn't like Bob, but he said he did say a few things that made sense. But one of the things that he said was in reference to the drug problem. He said, I think the government just needs to legalize all drugs and hire more waste management. Yeah, well, that doesn't really uh, fix the problem, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just by virtue of his saying that he realizes there was a drug problem. You know? But legalize all drugs and then hire more waste management. But then on the other side of the coin, too, think about it. If all drugs were legalized, there'd probably be less, fewer people doing them. That, that is a common theory. Well, I mean, it goes to human nature. I mean... You know, even Paul wrote in the Bible that, you know, before the law, the sin was not imputed. Without the law, there is no sin. But then when the law came, he says, my flesh rose up against me and started trying to disobey the law, you know, but now the law yeah. is in place. So, I mean, based on what I learned in math, you know, if this is true, then the opposite is also true. So, I mean, if we made it all legal, less people would do it. But because we, you know, it's not supposed to be done, it's supposed to be illegal, you know, more people are doing it. But the bad part is our government's the one that makes it illegal and then they turn around and beat it. And that's a problem yeah. that I that I have too. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've been saying for years, the CIA was what brought the drugs into our country in the first place. And oh yeah, 
and they used impoverished African-American communities to get it into the country. So, and I mean, what man's trying to get a job is presented with a proposition of doing something illegal to feed his family, but don't worry about it, we'll protect you. Who wouldn't jump on that? I'm just trying to feed my family, right? Yeah. People just need to understand the principles of limited government, small government. Well, I'm afraid there's been so much of the uh, the psychological attacks on our people now that, I mean, if, if you look around, I mean, based on what I read in that hierarchy, um, conspirators hierarchy, I was thinking about this this weekend, just working on the website. It's there got to be 20,000 different plugins that you can put on a website. And a lot of them do the same thing, but you know, it's like you got so many decisions to make. You don't know, and you don't really know enough about the decisions you're trying to make that you end up doing what I've ultimately done for nine or 10 months. And I've crashed my site at least three or four times a month. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know enough about what I'm doing to, you know, to pick the right tools to do what I'm doing. And now I'm just aggravated to the point I'm ready to give up. And that's really the way the whole country has been treated. You've been given so many decisions to make. It becomes overwhelming to the point you just give up. Yeah, but I mean, once again, that's on the people. Mm -hmm. If the people would focus on the few, like, the main decisions are provide shelter, food, water, clothing. That's your main decisions. Well, how do you go about doing that? You get a job. Well, they need to start. People need to just simplify their lives a bit. If they can simplify their lives and look at the necessities and not the wants so much, I'm not saying stay away from what you want. I mean, hey, I want things. I'm going to get them at, at some point. But number one, I'm not consumed with the thought of getting those things. And then when I do get those things, I'm not forgetting about the essentials. Right. I'm always going to, my focus is always based on clothing, shelter, food, water. Yeah. I mean, that's that if you if your job provides a greater income than what's required to provide those essentials, then you you can enjoy those wants there because your needs are met. Yeah, but you, you just got so many people trying to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, like when we were kids, it wasn't just in our family, but we were taught that if you can't pay cash, you don't need it. We didn't, I would, man, I didn't have credit until right before I bought my house. You know I mean? Well, we weren't just taught that if you don't have the cash for it, you can't afford it. It was, if you don't have three times the cash it takes to purchase that item, you don't need yeah, it. don't get it. You don't need it. Well, see, so many people have gotten into the 
spending money that they don't have, well, then their priorities have shifted from the essentials to trying to stay out of a hole. Right. And And look, that just started when we were kids. Buy now, pay later. Yeah. And that was, that's probably one of the things that I can identify as, I mean, that's probably one of the things that I could point out that I remember from in my whole lifetime where I saw something, I just knew that was danger. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was probably the first thing I remember looking at saying, oh, this isn't going to be good. Because what we saw at that point, I don't know if you remember, but when buy now and pay later started, you didn't have divorce court. You know, if, yeah. I mean, how many times did we hear about somebody going to court to get a divorce and the judge sent them back home, tell them to work it out? You know, divorce was not a thing. But buy now and pay later, man, that just put a lot of divorce attorneys in business. <laughs> you know, then the mortgage companies, boy, did they get fat. And buy now, pay later, that was that was probably the worst thing that this country's seen in my lifetime anyway. But um of course you can hear Granddaddy say it. TV was. Granddaddy said the TV was the killer of the mind. And I think we're seeing yeah. the evidence of that now. Yeah, the dependency of the internet, too. People have gotten to the point where I can ask the internet a specific question and it's going to provide me a list of answers. But well, that don't apply to the question. <laughs> well, and, but the problem is it's taking away people's research. Yeah. They're, they're only opening the first or the second thing that comes up. You know, it used to be you would bust out an encyclopedia or go to the library or read periodicals or you would, you know, read published papers. Right. And and you would just through your research then inherently you would run into opposing views. Mm-hmm. Now to read one or two of the first things that come up on search results and they and that's just the way it is now. Right. You know, that may be one of the reasons the uh, powers that be are having a struggle right now, especially what we see in the Democratic Party in our country. You know, we said it several times that they're running scared. They, uh, you know, they're losing their minds because they can't do what they've been doing. But nowadays, you know, what do they call this now? The information age? There's yep. so much information going out. There's so many avenues to get it that, you know, when the when all this came out with television and then personal computers and internet, you know, the powers that be were able to get away with stuff a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Because there wasn't all this information availability. So now it comes down to what, you know, I mean, we joke about it, but, but don't believe your lying eyes type stuff. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. And we know you see the information, but yeah, don't believe that. Believe what we're telling you. That's the way it's always been. That's what you just need to keep doing. Just believe us. And no, we don't. <laughs> I would like to see 
I would really like to see people start waking up to the fact that, you know, and a lot of what a lot of what I, I get into the even heated debates about with people, yes, it I know that the I know that what they're hearing makes it sound like maybe I'm saying, no, you're the problem. You're the reason this is but what I'm saying is you don't realize that you've been a victim of the problem. Yeah. And you know, you are a victim of the problem. And the thing is, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, I just want to see what exactly the problem is. You know, just realize that you have been on the bad side of a very massive psychological attack and you didn't know what was happening. And people hear it wrong, which is exactly why I say I don't like roommates because I know me. If I pick something up, I inevitably forget where I put it down. So as soon as I asked about it, did you see what I did with something? I didn't touch it. Was that the question I asked? You know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't do it. Why are you looking guilty? I didn't even ask you that. Now you're making me think that you did something with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So it's not, it's not an accusation. It's a, hey, wake up. You've been under attack. You're still under attack. These people are trying to kill you. Wake up, you know? <laughs> And I don't mean that in the sense like they use it on iRacing. Somebody gets dumped and they say, oh, man, you just killed me. That just means in this day and age that you just got your car pushed into the wall and you can't finish the race. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people you've been a victim of are trying to kill you, put you in a grave. They may not even put you in a grave. They'll probably just leave your carcass laying in the middle of the road somewhere. They literally want you dead. Yeah. And I think that's what bothers me when I hear people say, well, I don't want to talk about it. It doesn't affect me. Okay, you're not hearing me. They are going to take the life from your body. Yeah, they want you dead. They only want 500 million people left. That's right. So uh, do you have some type of assurance that you're going to be one of the 500 million? You could just about assure yourself that you're not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're not in the top echelon of wealthy people in the world, you can go ahead and count yourself out of that lucky 500 million if you want to call them lucky. Yep. Bunch of useless eaters. <laughs>